first on narratives. Narrative has multiple differing definitions, from ancient empires of Mesopotamia and Egypt, through the time of Socrates, through today, scholars have disputed the nature of narrative. Today, most scholarly fields have produced libraries and treaties worth on theories and definitions of narrative, and disagreements will likely continue. However, some, commonal some commonalities of asserted definitions do appear. Very often, analysts and strategists consider one or more of the following four themes. First, story. A story or a set of stories. Acclaimed writer and director Quentin Tarantino maintains a story is something that constantly unfolds and is not a description of a situation, whether the story is mood, character, or plot-driven. Other storytellers, such as writer-director Martin Scorsese, claims that what makes a story a story and differentiates a story from a plot is that it inspires an audience to grow spiritually or perhaps intellectually. He emphasizes wanting his viewers to leave theaters knowing more about themselves. Two, identity. A narrative can be an expression of identity. Theories linking narrative and identity have been made by psychologists, psychiatrists, neurobiologists, literary scholars, historians, philosophers, and more. Narratives may communicate identity, and identity may also, in turn, strengthen through narratives. 3. Meaning. Storytelling that holds or provides meaning for a people, especially in a time of crisis, explaining or perhaps normalizing life for some group of people. 4. Purpose. Storytelling that has a purpose often with a view to try to maintain, strengthen, or change another's views or behaviors. In this sense, narrative may be a tool or a weapon within warfare or international politics. Narratives may be written or verbal or refer to communicable actions. Now, on networks. Now, I'm going to talk about one particular kind of network for this podcast, we're going to do more network analyses in the future. I'm looking at networks that may have the ability to further U.S. national security goals. That on their own, if leveraged, if empowered, if allowed, if enabled, may be in consonance with our national interests. First, networks and narratives cannot be separated. Narratives reflect the identity and meaning of a network, be it community, clan, family, gang, corporation, government, country, or civilization. Narratives tell the stories of networks, and networks can employ narratives to inform, to persuade, and to influence others, whether it's others in their own network or it's within society or civilization writ large. Often, if you are the influencer looking for a network to leverage, of course, doing so indirectly and seemingly intangibly, you often want to look for specific types of networks. We're going to do a deep dive on this during the lesson that is entitled Influence Tradecraft. But what we're looking for is networks that meet four criteria. When we're looking for networks that we can silently and invisibly empower to further 
U.S. national security interests within the realm and the discipline of influence warfare. One, consonant. We want to ensure the network is within consonants or has consonants with the goals of us, the influencer, the protagonist influencer. Two, capable. We want the network to be capable of meeting our main goals, whether it be to protect or to further national interest. Three, resilient. We want a network that is resilient, robust, and anti-fragile in the face of hardship. And four, stabilizing. We want a force for long-term stability. Importantly, a few cautionary notes. One, our enemy's enemy is not necessarily our friend. Two, indirectly or seemingly intangibly supporting, amplifying, leveraging, strengthening, or simply getting out of the way of networks whose goals are not in consonance with those of the influencer, in this case being us, is pointless. There's no reason to get involved. Three, exploiting networks incapable, unable of attaining our goals is also pointless. Four, supporting non-resilient networks is not a good return on investment if that network collapses under hardship and pressure. And five, supporting destabilizing networks will often cause chaotic tertiary effects. And we'll talk about some case studies, especially in lessons six, seven, and eight. Now, there are, I want to go back to narratives for a second, especially having explained how narratives and networks are so closely tied. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of narrative best practices to study narrative, to analyze narratives, to employ, enable, amplify, and to strengthen narratives. I want to refer to just four brief considerations. One, reflection of audience. As philosopher and professor at Arizona State University's weaponized narrative initiative, Dr. Ajit Mann, as she states, the narrative itself, in order to be received as credible, must reflect the experiences of the audience. Now, because narratives differ greatly from area to area, this narrative characteristic points up the importance of amplifying local voices, vice top-down government-led messaging campaigns. It also speaks to the importance of emphasizing the you in a story. Some even suggest that successful influencers often speak about serving their audience. Starting with another's values in any influence campaign may be vital as people's core beliefs shape how they see the world. And these views, fueled by the subconscious, as we discussed in Lesson 2, are unlikely to change without great effort, time, commitment, and will of the target people. Second consideration, seeming unassailability. At the emotional and intellectual level, unfolding events may seem to buttress a strong narrative. Where a narrative may seem, again, unassailable, in the same vein as the idea of certainty. So, in other words, you have deeds and actions materializing the narrative, making it more real or making it more true in the eyes of the audience. So, in the same vein, as I said, is the idea of certainty, a narrative that appears certain, describing ways and means and ends as the only avenues given circumstances, may be effective with some audiences, even when the language is opaque or contradictory. 
a certain amount of certainty may find followers. But be warned, some audiences, however, demand appropriate uncertainty. They seek uncertainty. That comes with example with scholarship or any conclusion that is not universally accepted. To these audiences, certainty may actually raise suspicion. A third consideration, change. A goal or direction provides meaning and purpose for a people. Sometimes a change is a return to some golden age, whether it's real, partially true, or fiction. As author Eric Hoffer observed back in 1951, it is not actual suffering, but the taste of better things to come which excites people to revolt. And whether those things to come are something completely new, or more often than not, a taste of that fictionalized or exaggerated golden age. Change does not necessarily mean something completely new, as I said. Often leaders speak about returning to some past golden age, which very well may have been romanticized, simplified, or fictionalized completely. In some cases, this longing to return to some golden age can reach what Brazilian and Portuguese people may call saudade and other Portuguese-speaking people. This deeply personal yearning and nostalgia may be conjured, especially in cultures that discuss and look to the past to such a degree that people actually claim to remember, not literally, but to remember a certain past era before they were born. At the communal level, a people may view historical golden ages through a certain prism, as reporter Javier Circus notes when he was writing about the failed 1981 Spanish coup, we all resist having our memories removed, for there are handle on our identity and some put what they remember before what actually happened. And the last point to bring up, or the last consideration with narrative, is brevity and clarity. The shorter and clearer the master narrative, the more likely it may easily translate to the local and global levels. As writer Harold Evans states, comprehension comes before enjoyment. You can't be gripped if you can't follow the narrative. Clarity and brevity may help dissemination in closed information systems such as North Korea in relatively free open media areas like in some Western European countries and even in quote-unquote somewhat offline communities as you'll find in some rural pasture areas in Western Pakistan, for example. Clarity and brevity are difficult, but they may be important. As once General Electric CEO Jack Welch stated, you would not believe how difficult it is to be simple and clear. People are afraid that they may be seen as a simpleton. In reality, just the opposite is true. To be effective, we want to be as clear and as brief, and in some cases, as simple as appropriate. As author Jamie Mustard states, distilling a message down to its most simplistic elementary ideal can be difficult, because people are complicated. Our thoughts and emotions combine in ways that make it hard to break down what we want to say into a few obvious points. Yet, human beings can digest information when it's presented in a few simple points that they can latch on in an instant, no matter how complex the idea or the product may be. Thank you.